2: The Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Thank you for joining me on this Wednesday night because we have a super stacked show talking all about AEW Fighter Fest Night 2. It was a. Uh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to say my thoughts for Fighter Fest when we get into the show. But first, I want to thank all my wrestling fans from all over the world. All my Wrestling DeLorean fans, thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean. I'm talking about my fans from all over the world Australia, Canada, Mexico, the UK, Ireland. India, the Philippines, Nigeria. The list goes on and on. And without you, there is no me. So thank you for riding with the Wrestling Delorean Podcast. If you don't already, follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Instagram at Wrestling Delorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling Delorean Pod. And follow on Twitter at W Delorean Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not just the host of the Wrestling Delorean Podcast. You could also catch me every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday on the Circle of Debate Podcast. Shout out to my brothers at the Circle of Debate, Ivan, Matt, Chris. I appreciate you guys. Check out the Circle of Debate on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and most definitely check out the live streams on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Circle of Debate. If you like what we do here on the Wrestling Delore Podcast, you would love the Circle of Debate. Ladies and gentlemen, we're growing bigger and bigger, and it's going to be an amazing ride especially in the next coming weeks. We got some big news coming, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But tonight we're talking about AEW Fighter Fest Night 2, so let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, thank you for allowing me into your nightly Wednesday routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I appreciate all the love and support. Now, if you want to maybe possibly financially support the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, All you have to do is go to threefallsbrand.com. Three Falls Brand is the top rock and wrestling merchandise on the motherfucking planet, but they're also the home to wrestling DeLorean merchandise. I'm talking about three dope-ass shirts, but don't don't just get a wrestling DeLorean merchandise shirt. Why don't you go get yourself a Three Falls Brand original? They got the perfect fusion of rock and wrestling merchandise. Not just shirts, but I'm talking about stickers, pins, yeah, magnets, they, they got it all. Check out threefallsbrand.com. I'ma let the CEO and co-founder of Three Falls Brand, Mean Jean, my homie, tell you all about Three Falls Brand right now. So, Mean Jean, let them know what it is.
1: Hey listeners, this is Mean Jean of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your wrestle punk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at 3fallsbrand. Again, check us out at 3fallsbrand.com and on Instagram at 3fallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, AEW Wrestling presented Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2 tonight. And it was decent. It was decent. I don't think it was better than Fighter Fest Night 1. I was extremely hyped for the main event and I got to say I was disappointed. I'm going to not just go through the show. I'm going to start off hot. Let's let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about barbed wire everywhere. I already said last week, not only here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, but also on the Circle of Debate podcast, I said, I didn't want to see none of this, you know, put the, put the barbed wire on the ropes. I wanted them to go old school. I wanted them to go former, you know, ECW style with the barbed wire ropes. Take off the ropes. Let the barbed wire replace the ropes. You know what I mean? Terry Funk and Sabu style. Dusty Rhodes and fucking Abdullah the Butcher style. Do that. I would have loved that, but instead we got the ropes, and you know, that, that's not even what I'm mad at, I'm not mad at that, right, but what I am mad at as, is this, this, this match was built to be kind of the last matchup between Jericho and Kingston, and I told everybody here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, it better fucking be the last matchup between these two, but the way this matchup was booked tells me that we are not finished, what else is there to do? You guys have blood and guts. You guys now have barbed wire everywhere. What else is there to do between Jericho and Kingston? I'm going to tell you this right now. This matchup was booked in a way that going into it on paper, you would have thought that the Jericho Appreciation Society would have not played a role since they were suspended high in the air in a shark tank or a shark cage, excuse me fucking might as well put them in a shark tank, but in a shark cage. And guess what? Same old shit. We still got interference by the Jericho Appreciation Society. Not only that, this matchup was overbooked like a motherfucker. We had so many distractions during this matchup. You had Anna Jay coming out and turning heel, joining with Ty Conti. You had the Jericho Appreciation Society escape the shark cage and jump Eddie Kingston. You had John Moxley, Ortiz, um, Wheeler Yuta, and Claudio Castagnoli make the save. You had Sammy Guevara come out and fucking miss every spot because he, was, he seemed lost. And there was numerous occasions in Sammy's brief time in this matchup where he was fucking tripping over his own feet. And... All this was supposed to be the blow-off. All this was supposed to be the final one-on-one matchup for a while, I was hoping, between Jericho and Kingston. And in the end, yes, Kingston loses, which I think is absolutely bullshit. Why the fuck would you have Kingston lose this matchup? Why does Jericho need to win this matchup? What does this do for Chris Jericho? AEW should be building Eddie Kingston to be a title contender. He is the most over guy in that crowd. He has the best promos in that fucking show. Eddie Kingston should not be losing to Chris Jericho. Yes, Chris Jericho's legend, but Chris Jericho does not need this win. Eddie Kingston did. Eddie Kingston needed this victory. And, you know, people are going to say, Oh, but, you know in the end in the end Eddie Kingston got his comeuppance because he threw Chris Jericho in the barbed wire spiderweb. who cares who cares this was the company where wins and losses are supposed to matter and we're going to make it seem like Eddie Kingston got the overall win because he threw Chris Jericho in some barbed wire but in the end of the day Kingston lost. I don't know what it is about these AEW barbed wire death matches, but maybe they should just stop doing them. Save that shit for the companies who know what they're doing. Save that shit for the GCWs. Save that shit for even Impact Wrestling with their barbed wire massacre. They've had Four successful barbed wire massacres. Look at what happened the last time we had a barbed wire death match. Amazing matchup between John Moxley and Eddie, and not Eddie Kingston, John Moxley and Kenny Omega. But what ended up happening? We had AEW become the laughing stock for a couple months of professional wrestling because of their exploding gimmick not working. And now you book this. I honestly looked at this matchup as a way to redo history and erase the last barbed wire death match from memory by having a great match up here. But that's not what happened. We had an overbooked mess. Um, some of the barbed wire spots was good. Like, yeah, you know, you had pretty good spots. Chris Jericho doing the Herakurana from the top rope onto Eddie Kingston, onto the barbed wire board. Um, you had Eddie Kingston do a suplex on from the ring apron to the floor, onto Chris Jericho, onto a barbed wire table. But there was a lot of cheesy shit in this matchup too, like the barbed wire microphone and the barbed wire ring bell. Like this just, this just fell flat for me. There may be people who liked it. I'm at a fucking ECW mark. I love that extreme shit. You guys know on this podcast how much I love ECW. Every time I do an ECW review, I fucking gush over how ECW was the best product and maybe the best product even to this day that I've ever seen. And ECW was known for this type of extreme violence. So you would think that I would be a little biased when I see a barbed wire death match on a television show but I'm going to tell you this right now, as an original ECW fan, this one ain't it. This didn't do it for me. This did not do it for me. But you know what? Nonetheless, this was a miss for me, but this was not a show of misses because, in my opinion, there was some hits for me. And we're going to be talking about what I did like on this episode of AEW Fighter Fest Night 2 when we come back from this commercial break. So stay tuned.
0: Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. Hey there, this is the Queen of Extreme, Francine. I am here today to let you know that you need to go and check out this very cool podcast that is happening right now. It's called The Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, three days a week. It's amazing. And on Wednesdays, Wednesdays are really special because Edwin Melendez, he reviews ECW Hardcore TV. And sometimes he even talks about yours truly. So, you need to go and you need to look up this podcast. Again, it's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And please tell them that the Queen of Extreme
4: Friends is here. It's the man, the king, the god of this shit. This fucking games. And you know how I start this off shout out to all my mdk gang members around the world shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells easter flock shout out to my hate club rest in peace big day hatred and rest in peace my brother justice Payne. and i'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy my gang member mike denaro and mike i want to start this off By saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you. Like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike. If it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike. And I definitely wouldn't be doing what I love. That's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Restless Deloraine podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had an awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did, and I don't do too many, and I've done some big ones, and this one was one of my favorites. To so go check out the Deloraine podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Deloraine podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking. They're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day and mike i would love to be on your podcast again man
2: all right so let's talk about the rest of this show because it wasn't all misses there was some good shit on this show i'm gonna talk about the opening matchup darby allen and brody king boy was this amazing in my opinion brody king just absolutely ragdolled and decimated darby allen which was the most realistic thing I've seen on AEW in a real long time. Because a lot of the times you got these bigger men who are bumping and you know taking all these moves from the smaller guys. Like I talked about a couple weeks ago how I wasn't really mad at Wardlow and Orange Cassidy. But if the matchup was realistic, Wardlow would just run right through Orange Cassidy. That's not what we got. Here, Darby Allen versus Brody King. The outcome of this matchup and the way this matchup played out was 100% realistic, because Brody King just absolutely decimated Darby Allen. He was tossing Darby Allen around like a rag doll. I mean, like legit. He 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 fucking was spinning him in the air and just fucking letting him go without any regard of how Darby was going to land. And a lot of those landings looked absolutely sick. Of course, that's Darby Allin selling it like a fucking madman because Darby Allin likes taking these bumps on the fucking head, which is crazy. But Brody King looked like a monster. He looked like a beast, and I love the way this played out. And then he wins the matchup with a monster gonzo bomb, which was, whew, I love that finisher. The power bomb up into the fucking pile driver. it is a nasty, nasty finisher. I love the gonzo bomb. Anyway, post-match Brody King, he continues the attack Sting comes down to the ring Now, as much as I love Sting You know, shout out to Dom, the South Philly psycho from Top Rope Wrestling He knows that when we saw Sting at at Forbidden Door we, We were like, yo, Sting is the fucking man to this day But with that being said The way Brody King just looked like a monster When Sting came down, I was a little scared I did not want Sting to take that heat from Brody I didn't want Sting to take that moment from Brody because Brody was looking like a beast. And I feel like AEW did the right thing. Sting comes out. And before he could get too much offense in, the lights go out. We got Malachi Black. Brody King yokes up Sting. Malachi Black spits the black mist. And then all of a sudden, we got the music of the Redeemer. Now, I said on Circle of Debate last week that I think it would be cool if we end up getting the House of Black versus Bro- well, the House of Black versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro turning babyface. Because if you remember, Miro has a beef with Malachi Black for Malachi Black spinning that Black Mist in Miro's face at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. With that being said, I love this segment. This was dope, and Miro being a man of God versus the House of Black, I think writes itself. It's going to be an awesome, awesome matchup when these. Guys all eventually clash. I also was a big fan of the best friends versus Jon Moxley and Wheeler Yuta, especially because there was a lot of story behind this. There was history behind this. Wheeler Yuta started in AEW as a part of the best friends. So, Wheeler Yuta, you know, he has history with this team. And we've seen that Trent Beretta never wanted Wheeler Yuta to be in the best friends. So we already had that animosity and hatred. So Trent Beretta brought a little more oomph when he was taking shots at Wheeler Yuta. But boy, yo, these guys had a great matchup. John Moxley looks like a fucking monster. There was many times in this matchup, I was scared that Wheeler Yuta was going to lose to the best friends. And I, I thought that that would have been horrible being that Wheeler Yuta has a big title matchup, title defense, this Saturday at Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor. So I was happy that the outcome in the end was John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta. I also think that it was great to have William Regal and Orange Cassidy on commentary. It was funny because William Regal kind of had to convince the whole commentary team that Wheeler Yuta made the right move by leaving the best friends and joining the Blackpool Combat Club. And he was like, am I the only one who sees this? It was funny because they were trying to like convince William Regal that Wheeler Yuta was, you know... In good hands with the best friends. But like William Regal said, the best friends only took him so far. It was time for Wheeler Yuta to take it up to the next level, which he ended up doing. Also, on this show, we had the FTW Championship match between Cole Carter, who was just released by NXT WWE, what, like, no more than two weeks ago? He was in uh, Tony D'Angelo's team. Anyway, he went against Ricky Starks. Pretty good matchup. Ricky Starks wins. Next week, we're going to begin Ricky Starks versus Dan Housen. I don't care. As long as we got Ricky Starks on TV weekly, I think this guy is a money-making star and deserves to be on TV. Um, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus versus the Varsity Blondes. Luchasaurus just absolutely destroys the Varsity Blondes, and Christian Cage picks up the scraps like a buzzard. But after the matchup, Jungle Boy returns. Jungle Boy is here. After being out for a couple weeks, Jungle Boy comes. He's out here with a chair. Luchasaurus gets out of the ring and steps up to Jungle Boy. But then Luchasaurus steps aside and lets Jungle Boy at Christian Cage. Christian Cage takes off into the crowd. Jungle Boy chases him off. But the story is, all this time we thought Luchasaurus went heel. That was not the case. Luchasaurus was loyal to Jungle Boy this whole time. Because Luchasaurus let Jungle Boy do what he had to do. That tells me that this was all a ruse between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I am happy about that because I feel like it was really unexplained, the whole relationship between Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. But I'm also upset about that because I thought Luchasaurus had the makings of a real monster heel. The theme song, the Black Mask, everything but the name was hitting for me. And I was excited to see it. So I kind of wish this went on a little longer. I I I really did like the heel persona of Luchasaurus. So we'll see what happens going on in the future. Also on the show, we had Jay Cargill and Carol Hogan versus Willow Nightingale and Athena. The baddies win that matchup. Pretty good matchup, but once again... The women need way more time here on AEW. It's absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion, that the women don't get enough time here on AEW. The women need at least, two, at least two matches. Enough of these one matches and then a segment where a female's talking and then cuts off by Britt Baker. That happens all the fucking time. On the show, we also had a championship celebration for Swerve in Our Glory. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland come out. They are celebrating their tag team title victory. Swerve Strickland announces that Kevin Gates, hip-hop artist, is in the crowd. He's here to celebrate with Swerve in our glory. Smart Mark Sterling comes out with Tony Nese. He says that there's a petition to get Swerve Strickland out of AEW. Um, he asks Kevin Gates to sign. He says Kevin Gates, he thought that Kevin Gates was young MA, which was fucking hilarious. But uh, Kevin Gates refuses to sign. Smart Mark says that his music sucks. So Kevin Gates jumps the guardrail and knocks out uh, Tony Neese. Swerve tosses a cake in Smart Mark's face. As much as I like this segment because I'm a fan of like, the way they integrated hip-hop into the segment. Integrate, integrated hip-hop. There we go. There we go. I can't even talk English. The way they integrated hip-hop because you know me. I'm a rapper. But anyway, big fan of Kevin Gates, too. Kevin Gates is an underrated artist. Cool to see him get a mainstream shine here at AEW. This was, with all that being said, this was a very WWE sports entertaining-esque segment. As soon as you saw the cake there, you knew the cake was going in somebody's face. And then having the celebrity Kevin Gates knock out Tony Nese, I would have been... I would have understood if Kevin Gates knocked out Smart Mark Sterling, but Tony Neese is the premier athlete. So to have this non-wrestler knock out this wrestler was a little eh. But anyway, nonetheless, good episode of AEW that fell flat at the end because of the main event. I already gave my thoughts on that. I thought the main event was a little eh. But the rest of Fighter Fest was decent to good. So I'm giving this a 3 out of 5 stars. Passing grade in my eyes. I liked it. But I would be lying if I didn't mention that. I feel like I'm a little spoiled with good wrestling right now. You know, every Tuesday, along with Cage My IQ, the circle of debate is covering the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax, the best tournament in wrestling. I'm watching some really good wrestling, so... I feel like I kind of got a little spoiled because now you put on AEW, you have a good show, but I feel like some of these matches did not live up to the hype. But anyway, good show nonetheless. Ladies and gentlemen, catch me tomorrow on The Circle of Debate. We'll be talking more about this AEW Dynamite. Also, catch me this Friday on Top Rope Wrestling Talk. Shout out to my homies, the South Philly Psycho Dom, Grandma Wendy. And high class, Bruce. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for allowing me back onto the show. I love you guys. Also, catch me back here on Friday with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast in the morning and the Circle of Debate Top 5 at night. So, if you aren't aware, there's going to be a lot of Mike De Niro in your future, as well as the new LOG podcast, The Lords of Gotham, My Rap Group. We got our own podcast. So if you didn't think that that was enough podcast appearances from your boy, you were wrong because there's going to be one more Friday. The LOG podcast with my homies King Huey and Eddie Niggs. Shout out to LOG. We're going to take you out with Lords of Gotham song Wolves. But before we do, once again, I just want to say thank you for all my followers, for all my subscribers. And all my wrestling DeLorean passengers, without you there is no me. So I salute you all. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast.
3: Niggas that tough in the hood. To the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club. To the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the
2: wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolves done. Go fuck with De Niro I got a Snyder extender clip So who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy I was born in the darkness Oh, you the wolf so we pull up and you're harmless so pray to Oliver Don, daughter, the top shotter The top spot, final boss you cross That's when your ride stop Basia with that white chalk Triggers, fingers, streets, smile Leave your brains on the sidewalk Niggas that get tough in the hood To
3: the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club To the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street To the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor To the wolves come Heard them got them niggas They be moving in the pack Think the shit is sweet They be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you at No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack Creeping through the night, is precise. Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life. it yes, well, did nigga pay your price. Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight. Niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up something. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate, it's all bluffing. Must've moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do. If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do. Shorty keep crying and screaming, like that's helping you. Bullets gave his brain a period. For that decimal eye. To the hood. Bitches let to drink in the club. To the wolf's Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the wolf's Everyone strip on the floor. The they heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the pack. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you at No matter addy nigga, we gon' get you where you lack Dippin', creepin' through the night, it's precise Catch a nigga slippin' for his ice, worth your life Answers yes, well then nigga, pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight